0: That has—it's been so much fun to look at the pictures over the last 10 years, and uh, I, you know, 10 years ago we had our very first service at Bethel Hanbury Elementary School over in Blythewood. I just want to ask, how many of y'all actually came to a service over at Bethel Hanbury? Any of y'all? Yeah, uh, there would be more, but they came. And so they ain't coming back after those first experiences. These people are like heroes. Uh, I remember whenever we first um, had worship services over there, we'd go in there. And there's this one Sunday, I've shared this with you all a while ago, but one Sunday I was like, man, everybody's really paying attention to that. This is awesome. What I discovered is because there's a pigeon that was flying behind me the enti- entire time. And so I was actually glad that he was there because it ex- added some excitement to the service. But it's been really neat over the last 10 years to see what God has done. Uh, we, we started out, there was, uh, it was our family came out to Blythewood, and then uh, Perry Bumgarner over here came, and Tally and Peggy Hood, and Carl Anderson, and, and a few others came to our very first Bible studies, and then some of you have, have stuck with us through thick and thin. And during that time, we have seen God do great, great things. And as I was reflecting on this, I began to look back and I said, you know, God has done incredible things the last 10 years. The question for me today and for you is what's next? Because I, I want to tell you, we have not arrived. After 10 years, it's not like we're going to go, "Woohoo, we did it all, so goodbye, we're done. We are not done. I honestly believe that our greatest days as a church Did not take place our first 10 years. I really believe this. I believe that our greatest days are in the next 10 years that we have. And I really believe that. Now the question is, if our next 10 years are going to be great, what is it that we're to do? You know, what is the mission that God has for Village Church? And so as I was thinking about this 10th anniversary service, I thought a great thing for us to do is just simply to take a look in Scripture and see what mission that God has called the church to, and so if you have your Bible, we're just briefly today. This is a, this is a different service. I know you're thinking, could y'all show any more videos? Yes, we can. We got two more to go, and so I'm going to try to keep us on. I'm going to try to keep us on schedule here because I know you guys get hungry, and I do too. But this is going to be, I promise you, we're going to do well today. So anyway, if you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 28, we're going to look in verses 19 and 20. And what we're going to see in these two verses is we're going to see Jesus sharing with the church what their mission is. And the mission for the church 2,000 years ago, it is the same mission for the church today. And if we're going to be a church of impact, a church that makes a difference in the next 10 years... Our calling is to be obedient to the calling that Jesus gives us in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen and 20. Now, before we get there, it's important for us to understand the context of the Scripture. Whenever Jesus spoke these words, Jesus was not speaking these words as he's getting ready to die. It's not like he's getting ready to go to the cross and say, I don't want anybody to forget about me, so I'm going to say this stuff, so remember me. When Jesus said these words, he's already conquered death. He speaks these words as the risen Savior, and it's in these words that Jesus gives some commands to his followers, sharing with them, this is your mission. At Village Church, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, this is our mission, not just for the last 10 years, not just for the next 10 years, but for the rest of our lives. So if we're going to make an impact in the next 10 years, what do we need to do? Well, the first thing I see that Jesus shares with us in these verses is, first of all, if we're going to have an impact, we have to know what our goal is. We have to define our goal. And so I'm going to read to you in verses 19 and 20. This is what Jesus said. He said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and remember I'm with you always to the end of the age." Now, a lot of us find ourselves wandering around aimlessly in life. You know, we just sort of, life's just sort of willy-nilly for a lot of us. And we just sort of do a bunch of stuff, and we really don't have any plan or purpose. And I think part of the reason why is because many of us in life really don't have have a goal. We don't know what we're, what we're living for. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, just an individual, if you're a business, a company, if you're a church. If there's going to be success for us and meaning... We have to know what our goal is. I mean, think about it like this in, in athletics. The, the goal of a, of a football team is to score touchdowns, right? Uh, in, in basketball, it's to score baskets. In baseball, it's to score runs. Now, you can be the best athlete. You can have the best coaching. But if you don't score any points or score any runs, I don't care how good you are, you're not going to win. You're not going to achieve your goal. And so let's take that to the church. What is the goal Of the church. You know, what are we here for? Is the goal of the church just for you all to come in here and and listen to great music and then endure me preaching? That is not the goal of our church. That is not the function of our church. So what is the goal? Well, Jesus tells us what it is in verse number 19. And if you look in verse number 19, this is our mission for the next 10 years. Jesus tells us our mission is to make disciples. That's what we're all about here. Is to make disciples. Now, if we're supposed to make disciples, the question is, what exactly is a disciple? And I want you to know that a disciple is more than a person who just simply comes to church on Sundays. Now, I'm not knocking it. That doesn't mean next Sunday you all get to take off. Uh, This is a good place to be. But being a disciple means more than coming to church. It means more than being a convert to Christianity. Being a disciple means imitating and living like the one that we follow. And who is the one that we follow? The one that we follow, according to Scripture, what we're supposed to do is we are to follow Jesus. And so our purpose, our goal, is to tell more and more people about Jesus so that they'll live like Jesus. Because if they live like Jesus, and they follow Jesus, their life is going to be different. Their life is going to be changed. So I, Paul, one of the, the biggest writers in the New Testament, this is what he said to Timothy, who is one of his protégés, about following God. In 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, he said, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, and these things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others. What are we supposed to teach people about at Villas Church? Teach them about Jesus. Why don't we want to teach them about Jesus? Because Jesus changes people. Because Jesus can forgive. Because Jesus gives us hope. Because Jesus provides us with eternal life. We want to tell people about Jesus. We don't want to tell people about me. I'm not going to change your life. But Jesus will transform you. Because he gives hope. And real hope, which is found in Christ, will make you different. I read a story about a guy named Mike Westhoff. He was a special teams coach for the Miami Dolphins. And he was there when Don Shula was the head coach, and he ended up getting bone cancer, and he's in the hospital. As he was in the hospital, it looked like he was dying, and, and so a lot of his friends came to visit him, and they, they began to sort of mill through his room, and he said, I was lying there in bed, sick as a dog, and he said, everybody's coming by like giving me their goodbyes. And he said, it wasn't real encouraging. You know, I'm mean, sick, and everybody's like, I mean, it's been great knowing you. And he said, I'm lying there in bed, and he said, and then Coach Shula comes in, he's the last guy in. He said, he comes in, and he said, I thought he was coming in to tuck me in and to tell me goodbye. He said, but he walked up to me, and he said words that changed my life. He said, he leaned over the bed and said, Mike, we're going all the way this year. And he said, you got to get out of this bed and get back on the field because we need you. He said, I recovered. He I ended up on the field, and he said, the biggest change in my life, he said, when Coach Shula came in, he said, he looked at me not for what I was, but for what I could be. Village Church, we are here as a bunch of, and I know this, as a bunch of messed up, screwed up sinners. We are messed up. And some of us look really good on the inside, on the outside. But on the inside, I know a lot of us, and we're in trouble. But you know what? You know what the message of this church is? It's not what I see or what God sees that you are now. It's what God sees that you can be. And so our mission as a church is to tell people about Jesus because God sees you, not for what you are, but for what you can be in Him. That's why Jesus said in John 10.10, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. A life that you don't know yet. So if we're going to make an impact as a church, how do we do that? You know, what do we do? The first thing I see is we have to define our goal. What's our goal? It's to make disciples. How do we make disciples? Follow Jesus. We live like Jesus. But it's not good enough for us just to have a goal. If we're going to make an impact, we also have to determine our strategy. A goal's great, but there's got to be a strategy for how we make an impact. And, and this is where Jesus helps us out again in verse 19. Jesus says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Goals are good, but if you don't have a strategy on how to reach your goals, let me tell you something. Your goal, it ain't worth squat. It's not any good. Now, this is the neat thing, is that that Jesus doesn't just tell us what our goal is as a church. What's our goal as a church? Y'all remember? Verse 19? It's to make me happy. Now, our goal as a church, our goal as a church is to make disciples. Now, Jesus didn't just say, make disciples, y'all, good luck in doing that. You know what Jesus did? Jesus gave a strategy on how to make the disciples. And it all begins over in verse number uh, verse nine, number nineteen. In the very first word, Jesus says, "Go." That's our church. We are to go. That word "go" is also translated "while you are going." And you said, "What's the significance of that?" Well, the significance of that is as we as we live for Jesus, our goal is to live for Jesus now. It is to live for Jesus, not just on you know Sunday. But Monday through Saturday as well. I was talking to a couple that was uh, getting ready to, to get married. And it's strange to me. People come to talk to me about you know, marriage. And it's strange, especially to my wife. She's like, why would they talk to you? And, uh, and, and so I always try to make it fun. I try to talk people out of it. And so I'm like, let me tell you something. You don't know what you're getting into. And so what I'll do is I'll give them examples of your marriages and not mine. And so I'll try talking, talk, and they never listen to me. You know, they're like, oh, we're going to live on love. And I was like, yeah, good luck on eating that. That don't work very well. And so we'll talk. But there's this one guy I was talking to, and in all seriousness, he said, you know, I, I, we want to get married in the church and all those things, but I'm not real interested in the church. I was like, well, tell me why. And he said, because I have a lot of friends that, that go to church on Sunday. He said, but I, I work with them Monday through Saturday, and I know what they're like. He said it doesn't make a difference in their life. Y'all, in in being a disciple, it is not a Sunday affair. If we as a church are going to make an impact, it happens Monday through Saturday. Because if it doesn't happen Monday through Saturday, then Sunday's not going to do a whole lot for many people. Because people want to see results. They want to see, does Jesus really matter to you? Does he really change your life? Every once in a while, I watch the show Biggest Loser. Y'all seen that show? And it's kind of interesting show. I usually, I'll watch like the first couple, and then I won't watch it again until the end. And it's unbelievable to see what happens to people. You know, they usually show up on the show, they're, they're in trouble, you know, physically, they need to lose a lot of weight, and so they have these, these really mean people who train them. And, you know, they, they tell them they can't ever eat, and they work them out like 12 hours a day. And so they go through this regimen. I remember watching it one time, this guy lost over 200 pounds. And he looked like a totally new man, he was just totally transformed. Now, what if that guy worked out like that? He ate right, but he gained weight. Would y'all be interested in that kind of diet? I mean, absolutely not. You'd say, uh, "There's uh, if there, there's no results, I'm not doing that. I want to do something that's going to have results. Guys, the same thing is true concerning our faith. If we don't live like Jesus, there's not going to be change. If we don't follow Jesus, there's not going to be change. And if we just simply talk about it, other people aren't going to be real interested in him. And so in making disciples, we are given a strategy. What's a strategy? Well, whenever I look into Scripture, Jesus says your strategy for making disciples says you live for me while you were going. Not just one day a week, while you live. While you're at school, while you're at work. The other part of the strategy making disciples is Jesus tells us that we're to baptize people. It's not that that makes us Christians, but it gives an outward sign that we belong to God. In Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, it says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. When other people see baptism, when you see all these people baptized today, you can look at them and say, Oh, they get baptized. They follow Jesus. It gives an outward sign that they are followers of Christ. Some of you have never done that before. I challenge you to do that. Every couple months we do baptism. If you want more information, you can open up your bulletin. You can look in there, right signs. I want more information about baptism. It's a great symbol that you are a disciple of Jesus. But here's the last part of the strategy I want you to see that we're to have in making disciples, and that is to teach. What am I supposed to teach? Y'all have to teach scripture. And we try we, we, we do this on Sunday mornings. I will read out of this book. If, you, if, I, if I'm up here just talking out of, just to give y'all some advice, let me tell you something, it's not worth coming to. My advice doesn't mean a whole lot. Let me tell you what does. It is the words that come out of this book. Because these are the words of God. Well, what does the Bible have to say about the words of God? 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we're going to make disciples here, our strategy is to teach God's Word. And we teach it on Sunday morning. We teach it in our small group studies. So how are we going to make an impact the next ten years? We have to know our goal It's to make disciples. We have to have a strategy to make those disciples. Jesus gives it to us. And here's the last thing I want you to see. If we're going to make an impact, it will take us, if we're going to change this community for Jesus, it will take us working together. We have to work together. Verse 19, Jesus says to all of us, He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and remember I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. When Jesus spoke these words, he spoke these words to his followers. He says, this is your commission, and you are to work together. He said, you, he says, go. He's talking about all of us, believers. Go together and tell people about me. Jesus understood that if our world was going to be changed, it will take his followers Working together. Ephesians 4.16 says, From Him, from God, Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, it grows and builds itself up in love as each part, that's us, as we do our work. When we work together, we achieve a whole lot more than if we try to work alone. Let me just close with this story. I read this story a number of years ago, and it was in a, an African village. A little child had wandered off into the bush, got lost. The mother and father went out looking for the child, could not find their child anywhere. They got the whole tribe together. They began to scour out through the tall grass. They walked around, did not find the child. A day passed. The next day, they had an idea. They said, let's join together. Let's join hands. And we will walk through the grass together. So they spread out. They were holding hands. They walked through the grass. They found the child. But the child had died of exposure the night before. And the mother was off in a corner. And she was crying. And she was saying this word. She said, oh, if we just held hands together sooner. Village Church, it is my prayer that we'll never say anything like that. But that in the next ten years, we will continue to join hands and walk, walk through the forest of, of Blythewood and Northeast Columbia together, sharing and telling and living Jesus, for as many people as possible. Why? So that their lives will be changed. The last 10 years have been great. But our next 10 years are going to be better. How are they going to be better? They're going to be better because what Jesus says. Know your goal. We are here to make disciples. Have a strategy. Jesus gave us one. And let us work together. We are here.